Catholics for a free choice. Call to action. Dignity USA. Women's Ordination Conference. New Ways Ministry. Those, my brothers and sisters, are the names of five different organizations, all of which claim to be Catholic. You can look them all up online if you wish, as I did the other day in preparation for this homily. The problem is, all of those organizations advocate and promote ideas that are contrary to the official teaching of the Catholic Church. That means they're not really Catholic at all. Catholics for a Free Choice, for example, which is an organization that is always cited in the media. They love this group. Catholics for a Free Choice, we need to be aware, is a pro-abortion lobbying group which has no formal connection whatsoever with Catholicism except for its name. And the name obviously contains a lot. If you're truly Catholic, you cannot be for free choice when it comes to killing innocent babies. Women's Ordination Conference is a group pushing for this won't surprise you, the ordination of women to the priesthood. Something that the church says will not happen and cannot happen because it's not the will of Jesus Christ. Dignity and New Ways Ministry are, in point of fact, gay rights groups that want the church to say yes to the gay lifestyle, something that the church, once again, will never do. Thankfully, and I need to mention this in my homily this morning, there's another great organization out there known as Courage. Some of you have probably heard of it. It was founded many years ago by Father John Harvey. The purpose of Courage is to support and to assist homosexual Catholics who are sincerely trying to be faithful to Jesus and his gospel. They do great work. So if you know of any Catholics who are struggling with same-sex attraction, and many are, please tell them to join Courage and not a group like Dignity or New Ways Ministry. These are just a few of the many organizations out there in the world right now that try to pass themselves off as Catholic when in fact they are anti-Catholic in much of what they stand for, in much of what they teach and promote. I mention this today because I wonder how the men and women who are involved in these groups feel about the feast we're celebrating this weekend in the church the Feast of Christ the King. My sense is, my guess is, they hate it. My guess is they absolutely detest it and would dearly love to see it removed from the liturgical calendar completely or at least given a new name. How about the Feast of Jesus Christ the President?
or the feast of Jesus Christ, the governor. Those titles, I think, would be much more appealing to them because those titles imply that the church is a kind of democracy. But we need to understand the church, as Jesus Christ established it, designed it, founded it, is not a democracy. In fact, it's not democratic at all. This, I would say, is why many Catholics here in the United States have difficulty accepting the authoritative teachings found in the Catechism. It's why they have difficulty with the idea that the Pope or a council of the Church can teach infallibly in the name of Jesus Christ. They have a problem with those things because they expect the Church to function like the American government. But that's a false expectation. As today's feast makes crystal clear, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is a king, an absolute sovereign. He's not a president. He's not a governor. And because he, he is king, his word is law. Notice in today's Gospel passage from Matthew 25, in this famous scene of the Last Judgment, Jesus Christ does not call each person forward individually and then say to everybody else in the crowd, okay, let's have a vote on whether or not this person should go to heaven. Imagine if he did that with me. <laughs> You'd all be on the yay side, right? I hope. <laughs> But really, that thought's irrelevant, because that's not the way Jesus does operate and will operate at the end of time. In this Gospel, he simply separates people into two groups and makes his final decree. As the Italians would say, basta, finito. In other words, end of story. There's no court of appeals. He's the king. His word is law. And his judgment is final. But of course, because he's God, his judgment, thankfully, is also perfect and without error. That's one of the things that makes him different from all earthly kings and all earthly presidents and governors, for that matter. Here in the United States of America, we have a democratic form of government. Although, strictly speaking, we do not live in a democracy. In a democracy, everybody votes on everything. That's not the way we do things in America, in the United States. We live here in what's known as a representative republic. We don't vote on everything ourselves. We elect other people to represent us and to make laws on our behalf. We need to understand, we need to be crystal clear about the fact that the church is completely different. The church is what I would call a reverse representative monarchy, not a democracy. In the representative republic that we call the United States, our senators and our congressmen represent us to the president. At least that's one way to look at it. There's an upward motion from us to our Congress people to the president. In the church, it's the reverse. The pope and the bishops represent 
the King, Jesus Christ, to us. They represent the King to us through their ministry and through their teaching. Jesus Christ, who is the King, not the President. So there's a downward motion. That's why I say the Church is a reverse representative monarchy. Jesus Christ, if you will recall, said to Peter, the first Pope, whatever you, Peter, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Those are strong words. Peter has authority from Christ. And he said to all the apostles, he who hears all of you hears me. The role of the Holy Father and the bishops in union with him is to pass on to us the decrees of the king. They don't make the truths concerning faith and morals. They have no power to do that. In spite of what the world thinks, that's not what happens. All the bishops and the pope do is teach and defend the truths given by the king. In a sense, they represent the king to us and to the world. Incidentally, this is why poles in the church and about the church are often meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. Somebody needs to tell this to the people at ABC, NBC, CBS, and the cable news networks. Now, please don't misunderstand. If it's a poll, for example, concerning how a parish should celebrate its anniversary, then it's a valid poll. If you will recall, we had one like that here in 2004. I had everybody vote, very democratically, on what activities they thought we should have here at St. Pius to celebrate our 50th anniversary in 2005. And the bishop had no problem with that, you'll be happy to know. He didn't say, what are you doing taking that kind of poll? That's invalid. No, that was fine. But if it's a poll that's taken on whether or not the church should approve of abortion, or euthanasia, or same-sex marriage, or premarital sex, or some other sin, then it is absolutely meaningless and irrelevant. Even if 99.99999% of baptized Catholics said that they thought the church should say amen to those things, to those sins, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> Nothing would change. The teachings would remain exactly the same. And ultimately, my brothers and sisters, it would not be because the bishops and the Pope said so. It would be because Jesus Christ, the King, said so.